Welcome to the Mommy Yo Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Labar. This podcast is built by and for mothers who are also entrepreneurs and working moms. In this space, we celebrate the women breaking generational curses and raising tiny humans, all while building businesses and making homes. No matter how you became a mom or what part of your business you find yourself in, you belong here. Welcome back to the Mommy O Podcast. I am so excited to have Rella B with us today. Rella B's journey began with a shift from conventional adult aspirations to the joy of inspiring young minds. With a background in education, business, and technology, she realized the importance of merging work with play. Her platform is a manifestation of this philosophy, emphasizing values like self-confidence, self-expression, self-love, and self-care for littles. Rella B represents an advocate for creative thinking and cherishing childhood, encouraging kids to explore, learn, and grow in a fun and imaginative environment. And I will say personally, my two-year-old is obsessed with Rella B. Um, She already is cracking up at all of her YouTube videos and singing her most recent hip-hop jingle bells. So (laughs) without further ado, welcome Rella B. Um, I am so excited to have you. And if you would take a moment to just introduce yourself and talk about, you know, your journey into motherhood and kind of what led you into your alter ego, as you call her, Rella B. So thank you so much for having me today, Chelsea. As far as my motherhood journey goes, I didn't have an ideal way of getting into motherhood, but now I'm fully embracing it. I have a three-year-old little girl and... I was a flight attendant for a very long time, and I didn't want to have to be gone and miss a lot of her childhood. So I just tried to transition out of flying and find different ways that I could be home as much as possible. And honestly, the pandemic was one of the biggest blessings to me ever, because I was able to stay home with her, still have income, and almost be the stay-at-home mom that I wanted to be. Um, then after the pandemic, I went back to work and I wanted to still be able to be as president for her as possible. So I found other means of income and saved a lot of money so that I could dive into creating content. And my big mission is to create content that I would like to see. I want kids to be able to get up and move. I want them to think about what they're about to consume. And I want them to be very into books and just encourage them to be really interested in reading and literacy as a whole. Um, So I took everything that I do and I love, and I tried to create a channel based off of that. And it's been really interesting because I'm healing my inner child while doing this, Mm. especially because I can't sing, but I still do it with some auto-tune and it's okay. (laughs) I always say everyone can sing just like everyone can like, you know, draw, ride a bike. Some people are just better at it than others. And that's fine. (laughs) I like that. That actually makes me feel so much better about myself. No, we really enjoy your videos. So I think you can give yourself a little bit more credit. Well, thank you. Um, I love that you talked about how this is part of healing your inner child. And I think we have the luxury of being a part of a a generation that is really leaned into that. And I see so many of us, myself included, building businesses and building careers that get to serve our inner child as well as our present children. Um, 
so I would really love to hear a little bit more about that. Like, how has your journey been with that? Um, how do you integrate some of the things that may be healing for you, but also just setting the groundwork for your daughter? Yes. Yeah, so I try to encourage my daughter to do anything and everything that she wants to do. She's a little bit shy, but she did her first performance recently where she sang a whole bunch of Christmas songs and she was in the front singing and you could tell she was super nervous, but I was just so proud of her for doing that. And she's in ballet. She did her first ballet performance. And I just want to encourage her to just know that I'm going to be there and I'm going to be her biggest fan because when I was younger, I really wanted to do beauty pageants. And uh, my mom was very skeptical of that because she just didn't want me to be in that sort of environment or get that type of attention. And then my dad, when I told him like, hey, I want to go do beauty pageants, he looked at me and said, you think you're pretty enough to do beauty pageants? And oh my goodness. When I say that that like, at that time, it didn't, necessarily phase me I was kind of like yeah I do like <laughs> okay whatever but as I got older I realized the impact that that honestly had on me mm -hmm. because when I turned 22 I had expendable money I was like I'm gonna go do beauty pageants and I did like five or six of them I won like three or four of them and that was really I was like yeah I can do this there were so many things that I talked myself out of doing because I didn't think I was good enough because the people around me didn't think that I was good enough um, so with becoming Rella B, I want kids to know that you're good enough. It doesn't matter what you want to do. If you want to be a skateboarder, you want to, you know, play ping pong, you want to play video games, whatever it is, try your best at it, have fun doing it. And the opportunities will come. Mm -hmm. So with Rella B, everything that I wanted to do as a child, I'm doing now, and I'm trying to encourage learning and also just that self-expression I wanted to sew and make my own clothes when I was younger I still am not sewing but Rella B has her own unique pattern of her clothes mm -hmm. um the books that I've written as Rella B also just go over when I was younger I always saw people that had like different things than I did like bigger houses or maybe they didn't have to move as much because they weren't in the military. There's just so many things that I wanted that other people had. And I feel like that's something that a lot of kids can relate to. So I wrote a book about it. And that book has a little shape. They're all shapes. And the shape goes to school and sees families that are different than hers. And she starts wondering why she doesn't have all these things too. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to a play date and finds out that it's not all cracked up what it's supposed to be like on the other side. Mm -hmm. So she feels really thankful for what she has at the end of the book. And I feel like that's something that has to be reiterated a lot to kids. And it has to be, you, know, like, you have to be reminded of that as an adult. Cause even on TikTok scrolling, I see people and I'm like, dang, like, mm -hmm. how do I get there? Why am I not there? It's just, that's who Rella B is and where she came from. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's really beautiful. And, and, you know, as a mother now, and as an adult, I continue to see the way that I was spoken to, whether positive or negative, 
the way I was spoken to, the way that I was encouraged or discouraged, it shows up. 30 years later, it shows up. And so I try to be conscious of that with my kids because (laughs) at the end of the day, I always remind myself like, do I want my 30-year-old daughter going to therapy because of whatever I did to mess her up, right? Um, And I laugh, but it's true. And, and I feel like that is a part of why we do a lot of the things that we do now that we are parents and now that we are the ones creating those pathways for our, our kids. So, um, I, I see the generational curse breaking in you and, and I applaud that, um, because it's not easy. It is not easy. And, um, I rejoice for the, the inner child in you because you get to do those things that bring you joy. And I think, for our parents, at least for my parents, I know a big part of them saying no to things like I wanted to dance. I really wanted to dance. And um, at the time I was not just discouraged from it. I was flat out told, no, I could never dance um, for many reasons. But at the core of that, it was because my parents didn't understand doing anything that they didn't see a pathway for a career or paying for college, or it was always about being the best at it. And if I couldn't be the best at it, there was no reason to do it, right? And so for me, it's unlearning and and allowing myself to just not be good at something. And I've always been the person who's like striving to be the best and win the awards and do all of these things because that's what my parents instilled in me. But now as an adult, it's like, okay, I did this thing and it was awful and I was really bad at it, but I really enjoyed it because it was just something new and that's okay. And it can be that. Right. And that's all it really needs to be is a life experience. You don't have to be amazing at everything and you don't have to be everything to everybody. Like it's really interesting having to learn those lessons as an adult, because I would have been such a different person if I had that type of confidence as a child. Mm -hmm. So I definitely encourage my daughter to try everything that she can. And, you know, she's really funny because even when I'm encouraging her, she'll be like, mama, don't smile at me. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) She's, she's interesting. She's one of those um, strong-willed children. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that. That's my daughter for sure. Okay. So I want to shift a little bit into um, Rellaby. Um, and really leaning into some of the work that you do. So um, first and foremost, why? Why is your alter ego Rellaby? Like, where did that come from? Um, how did you decide to, you know, not go with your given name um, and to don this persona? So Rella came from my grandma calling me Chickarella because I used to love Chick-fil-A and I still do. And I could only ever get it when I went to visit my family in the States because we lived in Japan. So they would always be like, okay, let's go to Chick-fil-A, Chickarella. Um, so she just called me Rella for short. And then the B actually comes from my daughter's name, which is Isabella, because I was gonna make I was gonna make a clothing brand called Rella and Bella for like mommy and me clothes, because I love matching outfits. Um, and maybe I'll still do that, but that's where Rella B comes from. And you know, when she gets older and maybe I'm tired of being Rella B, 
then maybe she can be Bella B or something like that. So I'm trying to think into the future. I know that she loves singing and dancing and expressing herself. So I would love to be able to almost transition Rella B into her show and then let that be her pathway because I know she loves the limelight. Like she's all about it. <laughs> I love that. That's so beautiful. Okay. And um, kind of tell me a little bit more about like what your favorite thing is to read and write. So I know you have some financial literacy things. I know, I know you have your book on the shapes, um, but is there a sp specific genre that you are hoping to do more in? So I have an ebook for adults that's about finances, paying your bills by the year, because that heavily impacted my life. Once I started paying my bills by the year, I felt just a new sense of security. And it seems really hard to do that. But the more you do it, when you start with a small bill and pay that by the year, and then you just get to bigger and bigger bills, you realize that it's a lot easier to keep track of your money because you're only paying like one or two bills a month. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't really done anything with that ebook, but I would love to. Right now I'm just focusing on children's literacy because I feel like there's a lot of conversations that need to be had in families that aren't always had with little mm -hmm. kids. My daughter thinks that money is just on a phone. Like she knows what dollar bills are. And I feel like money is something that you should talk to your kids about fairly like all the time, really, yeah. because it's going to be something that affects their lives always. So that's why I started writing about finances for children. And then my other stories are just kind of stories that I've written because when I was a flight attendant, I had a lot of downtime and I needed a way to make it productive because I felt like my life was being wasted away. Um, so I started writing children's books and I have some that are interactive and more funny, but the goal for most of my books is to inspire a conversation and just be a starting point for a conversation. I would love to write a book because my daughter is right now. She's a really, she's having a problem with strangers right now mm. because her dad told her that she was going to be left in the cart. And if she didn't get out of the cart and he had to leave, then a stranger would take her or something like that, because <laughs> this is what she's relaying to me as a three-year-old. <laughs> right. Um. So because of that, I, I'm like looking for a book now that's about strangers and just explaining to her with pictures and being able to have that conversation with her. I just feel like children's literacy should be about teaching kids about real life and it goes beyond the book. Like it mm -hmm. starts the foundation and then the parents can continue the lesson in whichever way they choose. I love storybooks that just end at the end, but the goal for my books is to have a conversation with your child about being different at school or money or, you know, just learning your shapes because in the shapes one, the little kids can just go over their shapes and their colors as mm -hmm. you read the book. And it's just really fun. So I try to just make it a little bit more than a story. Yeah. And that's so needed. And I mean, especially when we're talking about littles, um, they grasp 
on to whatever is sparking their intrigue at that moment, right? So right now my daughter is obsessed with anything that sings to her, but especially like Baby Shark. She wants to watch Baby Shark channel all day, right? And so she is now starting to make those connections from Baby Shark into her real world, what she's seeing around her and and all of that. So I think books have a way of opening up the rest of the world to our kids and especially from that young age. So I appreciate that you're doing this work because it's so important, not just for shapes, but even things like sex ed. That conversation has to start with my child at two of me as a parent being able to speak to my kid about important things and learning about their body and learning about consent. And there are so many things that can start at that level. Um, and as they grow up, we have that, that foundation of being able to have hard conversations with them. And it starts with books just like yours. Definitely. That is a really hard one. And I don't, I don't have the expertise to be able to write a book like that, but I have bought um, some books that deal with that because human sexuality starts so young. And I think people don't think about that all the time Mm -hmm. and trying to explain that to your two or three-year-old is, (laughs) it's an abstract thought to them. They're just like, these are feelings and this is my body. Right, exactly. But just being able to just say, this is a tummy and this is an elbow and this is a vagina. Like those, those are the building blocks for those later conversations. Um, But yeah, and just books like yours that are not just about a story and the end, but just making that connection of, yeah, these, these are shapes learning about what other shapes live like and how might that look like in your life. Definitely. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about the podcast. What made you want to start that? um, And what is kind of the journey that you're hoping to take with it? So as far as my podcast, I started the YouTube channel, the podcast as a part of a way to promote my books because the books came first. And then I was like, well, I should do more than just books. And how can I get my name out there? So I was like, a podcast would be awesome. And if I have a podcast, I might as well have a YouTube channel. So it's really nice having the podcast because I'm trying to do the same thing, but screen free. So I stretch with the kids. I do a little riddle with them. And then the riddle pertains to the story that they're going to hear. And then an author normally comes on and reads their book. And then we dissect the lessons in that book. And then that's it. And on the surface, it seems really simple, but what I'm trying to do with the podcast is encourage a little bit of movement, get your child ready for comprehension of the story, and then have them actively listen to the story and then realize what it was that the story was actually about and maybe some hidden gems and lessons that were in the story that they may not have realized. Mm -hmm. And then while doing this, I'm also meeting so many people in the author community and being able to help support them as well. So it's really like a full circle. I would love it if people watch the YouTube videos and then go to the podcast when they're flying and then maybe they'll have my books at home. And I'm hoping that it'll become more cyclical as 
we go on. I just started all of this um, at the end of October. I published my first two books. And then November 15th, I published my first three episodes of the podcast. And then I think it was December 1st or November 30th, I did my first three YouTube videos. And I feel like I'm gaining traction. I just, I need more feedback. I want to make sure that I'm delivering what people want to see. But I've heard really good feedback for from parents regarding the riddles for a little bit older kids mm-hmm. and, you know, the singing for a little bit younger kids. And so I'm trying to make sure that I can keep it engaging for everybody. And mm-hmm. that's been what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah. Finding that balance is, is always um, the biggest part, but I think you're doing a, an awesome job. Um, as I was saying earlier, like my daughter has really been enjoying the YouTube videos and um, I I think some of the the podcasts like you like you said with the reading comprehension that's so needed um, in my area especially that is one of the areas um, where schooling they're not having the best test scores in reading comprehension and I have some nieces that are are needing to work on that and this is a vehicle that I would then be able to share with them um, that reading comprehension piece is so important. Um, so I think there's value in all of it. And, you know, I'm a business strategist and marketer, so that hat has definitely come on now, but I see the value in kind of having all of these things speak into your brand as a whole. And I think that's where the magic happens, because even if I have older kids, I can pick and choose the things that work for my older kids out of what you do. Um, and then as I have younger kids, I can pick and choose the things for my younger kids. So it doesn't have to be all to everyone, but in just doing those things well for those specific audiences, I think you're right on track. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And going back to the literacy part, I think that's a big part of the podcast because you have to just listen and imagine like, what do the characters look like and what right. are they doing? And I don't know if kids really listen to audiobooks that much. I feel like maybe when they get older, but I love listening to audiobooks yeah. when I was And it's definitely like on the rise, I will say. Uh, my neighbor list does it with her kids. Um, so she has kids um, that her oldest is five and or six, and the youngest one is three. So like they do podcasts as a way to calm down before their bedtime. Um, my aunt does podcasts with her daughter. Um, she has insomnia issues. And so when she's up in her pants or sleep, she knows that she can go and listen to a podcast. She's eight. Um, and so I think it is definitely a tool that more and more parents are using. Um, so I, I see a lot of value in, in your podcast. Thank you. I love that. Cause I used to love my little Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we love a good walk, man. The kids will never understand. I know. (laughs) I love it. So, okay. So we are at the top of the year. So I have to ask, what is something that you're really looking forward to for 2024? Um, Have you done any like, you know, vision boarding or planning for the year? Um, What does it look like for Arella B at the end of 2024? You know, I really think that Right now, I want to do a vision board, but I feel like honestly, where my brain is, I wouldn't be dreaming big enough. I'm trying to fill my funnel so much right now that as long as I hit 
certain goals, I'll be really happy. But I feel like if I just continue plugging away that anything I put on my vision board, like it'll, I'll have to have a new vision board like every month Um, (laughs) because I've been hitting goals a lot faster than I anticipated. And it's really making me excited, but it's also making me really nervous because I'm trying to keep up with employees. I've never had employee, like my own employees before. Mm -hmm. I've never had a team where I have to manage them. And, you know, it's great if you do a good job, but then what do I do when I have to fire someone? Like I just fired someone for the first time. And those are not things that I necessarily wanted to do or saw myself doing, Mm -hmm. but I'm learning so much. So at the end of this year, I would see myself having a wealth of knowledge. And if, even if everything falls down and doesn't work out the way that I wanted it to, I will have healed a very large part of my inner child. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited for 2024, especially because I just got started at the end of last year. So we're just in the first month and I am exceeding lots of the goals that I already had for myself. So I'm very excited uh, just to continue to learn and grow. I love that. And that's totally fair. I feel like I, and I am someone who does, I literally host a vision board party every year. So this is like something that I love to do. Um, I have even had years where I don't have number goals. I make goals based on um, how I want to feel by the end of the year. So maybe lean into that a little bit. Um, What kind of leader do you want to have been this year? How do you want your employees to have felt in their in their roles? You know, uh, goals like that. Um, I find if you're going into something new, like my first year of of motherhood and entrepreneurship, I did not know what to reach for because I didn't know what was possible. So I felt like I couldn't make goals because I didn't know what to expect. Right. So for those year that year, my goals were based on how I wanted to feel by the end of the year. So I definitely think maybe lean into that a little bit. I've also seen um, a trend in people doing vision journals. And instead of like a big board, they have a journal that they've started doing and that way they can go back on it every year or they do it every quarter um, and build on it throughout the year. So just some ideas um, of ways that you can still uh, intentionally plan for the year, even if you don't know what those mile markers might be I love that and I'm definitely going to do that because I know exactly how I want to feel at the end of the year but as far as you know just those measurable items that I'm not sure of and I just feel like those things can either way it doesn't really matter how those things turn out because at the end of the year I feel like my feelings will just be in a completely different place like you said right right and maybe that's just something if you have a journal at the end of a quarter, you go back and write those numbers down and you track it. And so that next year you can put down what those goals will be. Definitely. I'm excited. I'm excited for all of this. <laughs> yeah. I I look forward to kind of like looking back on your year with you at the end of the year. I'm going to write something down in my planner and be like, check on Relapy and see where she ended. But I am super excited for you. I think it is beautiful what you're doing and I'm definitely rooting for you. Um, and rooting for that little girl inside of you to, to just be healed and create things that are going to be fundamental for other little girls and boys out there. 
Thank you so much, Chelsea. I appreciate that. Absolutely. One of the things that I like to kind of do with everyone that's on the podcast is ask you what your top tips or goals or just motivation are for a new mom or a mom who's in a very hard period. Um, If she's listening to this podcast, what do you have to say to her? I think that most moms need to give themselves a lot of grace and realize that if you're doing the best you can, then that's what needs to be done. I have really had to step back and create a lot of boundaries as well. And I encourage people to do that with their parents, with their grandparents, um, with their children, because those healthy boundaries that are put in place will just help you be able to love yourself more and care for yourself more. Once I started putting boundaries around myself regarding everybody in my life, I feel like I was able to be more fulfilled and get things done better and not have to feel as much mental overload because I'm letting people walk all over me. And I feel like moms a lot of the time are the, you know, the floor mat and they get stepped all over. And once you kind of stand up for yourself with your children or your partner or your parents and what you want and set those expectations and boundaries that things look up really quickly. Yes. I wholeheartedly concur on that. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. that. Um, if you could take a moment to just share how our listeners can get in touch with you, can follow you, listen to your podcast, purchase your books, feel free to share that now. And I'll also uh, link it in the show notes. Thanks so much. So you can find me on all social media platforms. It's just at Rella B Books and Rella has two L's. And then I also have a website, www.rellabbooks.com. And I hope to connect with all of you there. Awesome. Well, make sure you all follow Rella B, stay in touch, send her your feedback so that she can continue making amazing content for us and our kids. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rella. Thank you, Chelsea. Have a great day. You too. That's all for today's episode of Mommy Yo. Thank you for tuning in on this journey of motherhood and entrepreneurship. I hope this message has inspired you and empowered you. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast listening platform. This helps new people find the show and helps us keep journeying together. This is Chelsea signing off with a reminder. You are loved, you are chosen, and you matter. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.